Well, hey, everybody. Today, we're wrapping up the book of Esther, chapter 9, and then chapter 10, which is only three verses. So go ahead and open your Bible and journal there. And just want to encourage you to be in church, be in life group this Sunday, invite someone to come with you. I'm looking forward to worshiping Jesus with you. Our three services at 8, 39, 45, and 11 o'clock this coming Sunday morning. <clears throat> All right, in this chapter... Um, um, the Jews defend themselves against their enemies who attempt to carry out the evil scheme of Haman to annihilate the Jews. And, and a lot of people die in the conflict, but the Jews are the Jews win and they're having favor with the people. And out of this experience comes the Jewish festival called Purim, which um, uh, is a, typically a two-day festival that celebrates the deliverance of the Jews. Um, and it's still celebrated today. In fact, uh, in 2024, uh, faithful Jewish people will celebrate it in March, mostly March 24 and 25. And one other note from this chapter before I uh, uh, share with you my devotional thoughts. Um, in, uh, I think it's in Iran, uh, excavations have taken place of, 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 of the winter and summer capitals, palaces of the Persian Empire, and there's some prominent remains, and in the 1930s, archaeologists uncovered thousands of government documents, if you will, Persian records from this time period written on clay tablets. And what's interesting is that these Persian records refer to a government official from this time period in Susa, in this very city, if you will, by the Persian name of Marduka or Marduku, which is a variation of the Hebrew name Mordecai, who, according to these records, served the Persian king Xerxes, or in the Bible known by the name Ahasuerus. So um, it's interesting that these Persian records unearthed in the 1930s support the existence of this Mordecai as a government official in this king's uh, king's uh, government, if you will. Always trust the word of God, even if archaeology has not yet uncovered evidence, <laughs> because every time it does, so just trust God's word. All right, now two devotional thoughts. One of them is kind of sad and tragic. In verse uh, 14, of chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 14. So the king commanded that it should be done so, and the edict was issued in Susa, the capital, um, and and Haman's ten sons, who are named back in verses 7 and 8, 9, Haman's ten sons were hanged. They died. They were executed. And that's so tragic, so sad. Haman had this evil plot, and he's hanged, and then his sons end up being hanged to death as well. And a couple of things I want to say about that. One, there is a lesson there. It's a lesson throughout Scripture, and we see it in life, that children often pay in some way, to some extent, for the sins of their fathers and their mothers. That is very true. There are consequences. What parents do has consequences for kids. But you need to also remember that back in chapter 5, verse 10, and chapter 6, verse 12 and following, Haman's family knew what he was doing. 
He discussed this plot with his family and friends in his house. So these 10 boys were not so innocent. They may not have been the leaders of the plot, but they knew. They knew what was going on. They were part of it, and they supported it. So they weren't innocent. Just keep that in mind. But it's true. Remember, children often suffer because of what mom and dad do in ways that are seen and ways that are sometimes unseen, but very, very real. Second thought for me devotionally comes from chapter 10, verse 3, the very, the very last verse and the, and, and the last part of the verse. Okay, so Mordecai is elevated to a powerful position in King Ahasuerus or Xerxes' government. And it says he was great among the Jews and, and so on. And he, here's what he was known as. Here, here's what they would say about, about Mordecai. He was one who sought the good of his people. Mordecai was one who sought the good of his people and one who spoke for the welfare of his whole nation, who spoke for the welfare of his whole nation. How wonderful it would be, how blessed we would be if every leader was like that. Rather than operating out of self-interest, doesn't mean you never do anything good for the others, but what you're doing for others is always clouded by what you want for yourself, self-interest. Mordecai, Mordecai sought the good of his people, and he spoke for the welfare of the nation. How blessed we would be if every leader had that disposition. Think about how blessed our families would be if, if parents had that attitude. Think about how blessed our churches would be, our, uh, our institutions would be, our companies and businesses would be if leaders had that attitude. Think about how blessed our government, how blessed our country would be if leaders had that attitude. There is in our culture so much self-interest that we can't get out of our own way. Because no matter how much we're trying to help others, we keep coming back to, what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? And Mordecai teaches us in this book, in this story, that God can do wonderful, miraculous things to bless large numbers of people when we care about them and not just me. Self-interest is killing our country. Um, that's one of the important lessons of the story of Esther. I want to say in closing, I've enjoyed reading this book this time more than I ever have. It's probably because I've, in the past, sat down and read it because it's a short book and the chapters are quick, you know, quick to read. This time I'm taking one chapter a day. Um, it just spoke to me more. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Tomorrow, we will be in Psalm 91. I'll see you then. God bless you.